And uh, of course, as we head into uh, this Thanksgiving time, uh, God put on my heart Psalm 103. And so if you want to turn there tonight, uh, we'll take a look at as much as we can in the time that we have. But I think this chapter to me is very encouraging. And I'm going to use two verses here as we get started. The very first two verses, Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. All right. I'll give you a chance. You, you can use the outline there. Or if you want to turn in your Bible, of course, we'll look at many verses. But everybody, uh, if you have your place there, Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Let's read these verses out loud together. All right. Everybody there. All right. Let's begin. Bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Aren't those those great verses? You think about those, you just see over and over again where the psalmist is writing, bless the Lord, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, I, I just, I think in our lives, when you think about what a Christian should do, I certainly, I think, we should be thankful people. Uh, we should be thankful for all that God has done for us as Christians. We have numerous reasons why we should be thankful to God every day of our lives. Uh, you know, sometimes it just seems like uh, we get into these ruts in our lives where maybe things are happening or there's circumstances, and it's easy to focus on the negative. But I'll tell you, when I just start thinking about the goodness of God, it's easy for me to forget about all those uh, things that are going on in my life. And, and I, I love this because this psalm that we'll look at tonight, it really explores uh, several reasons why we ought to be thankful people. Uh, many believe that David wrote this psalm probably when maybe he was a little bit of an older man instead of younger when he was anointed to be the next king. And, and uh, the comment that I, as I was reading was that it kind of bears the language in this psalm of a man who has experienced, of course, we know David's life, David had experienced the consequences of his own sin. So you kind of sense that in some of the writing, but it also uh, gives us some language about how we see the the awesome forgiveness and the pardon in his life by, by an almighty God. So on one hand, you see all that David went through, and of course, I think many of us could attest to the same thing, the, 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 the marks of sin in our lives, what sin has done. And then, of course, uh, you know, we understand that God, God is a faithful God. God is a God that will pardon us uh, you know, if we repent of our sins, and God will forgive us. Charles Spurgeon, uh, as he was studying this psalm years ago, He wrote this down and he said this, he says, as in the lofty Alps, talking about the mountains, the Alps, he says, as in the lofty Alps, some peaks rise above all others. So among even the inspired Psalms, he says, there are heights of some which overtop the rest. This 103rd Psalm has ever seemed to us to be the, the Monte Rosa, which is the highest mountain in the Swiss Alps. He says it's the Monte Rosa of the divine chain of mountaintops of praise. In other words, Spurgeon was saying there's many places, not only in the book of Psalms, when you come to it in our Bible, that 
that it just seems like there's some, like we've looked recently on Sunday evenings about Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation. And a lot of times people refer to that as the Mount Everest of the Bible. And when you look at the Psalms, I mean, there are, there are some of these Psalms where David talks about how that, that he, he looked up and he felt like the, the waters were over his head. Uh, that, he, that he laid on his bed and he cried all night. But there are some of these psalms that, that seem to be mountaintop experiences. And Spurgeon said, this one right here is, is like the, the highest point in the, in the Alps. He says it rises above some of those other psalms. And so tonight as we look at this uh, mountaintop of praise that David wrote, I want you and I to just take a few moments tonight going into Thanksgiving and, and like David did, maybe, maybe climb this mountaintop of praise and maybe listen to David, because we know the word psalm is the word song. So really what this is, is a song of thanksgiving. And, and you know, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, they sang, this was their hymn book, the book of Psalms. And so David here is giving us a song as a believer in Christ, a song of thanksgiving. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but maybe after tonight, like I did studying this week, maybe this psalm, this song, would be one that maybe you would take to heart and that you would start to sing it from time to time in your life. Maybe it would mean to you what it meant to David as he wrote this. And so I want you to notice three aspects about this song of thanksgiving. Notice, first of all, the request that David makes, the request for thanksgiving. Look at verse 1 again. He says here, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David here is making a request. And the request that he makes is that, that listen, sometimes... As I was reading, I think it was um, uh, the, uh, I forget his name, the guy that, uh, Salvation Army, what's his name? Yeah, William Booth. He said, he said, take care to tend the fire of your heart because he says, it's the tendency of fire to go out. And I think sometimes we, as Christians, we've been saved now for 10, 20, 50 years. And we just kind of go through the motions. And I think all that David had been through in his life, David was making a request here that, that he, he would stir up in his inner man this matter of praising God. Maybe somehow in his life, like some of you, I saw the look on some of your face when you walked in and I could tell you had a rough day at work. I could tell that maybe something didn't go right or you're just slap physically tired, you know, I'm tired, you know, seems like there's just, I don't know if it's allergies going on right now, my eyes right now are kind of bugging out of my head, my throat's bothering me, you know, and I, and I don't have a cold, but there's just, you know, sometimes you get to the place like David's writing here, and, and, and listen, even sometimes I think it can be a spiritual slump in our lives, we're not as close to the Lord, it's not that we're, we're in deep sin, we're just kind of in a slump. We're like a baseball player that he's over the last 32 times at the plate. You know, he just can't hit the ball. And I think sometimes we, we have these slumps. Maybe in David's life, maybe his praise to God wasn't as vocal or 
Maybe it wasn't as frequent as it used to be. You know, it's, it's easy to praise God when you're around other Christians. It's easy to praise God when you're at church. Can you praise God at your work? Can you praise God at your home? You know, praise God out in public where, where you know, people don't want God. And, and David is making a request here. He's challenging. I love this. He's not challenging the church. He's not challenging Israel. He's challenging his own soul. Look at it again. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He says, I want my soul to get stirred up to bless the Lord, to praise God, to thank God for all his goodness. You know, sometimes we just, it's like David, when, when the Bible says they spake of stoning him, the Bible says David encouraged himself, you know, that's what, that's what David's doing here. He's challenging himself to bless the Lord. The word bless, and I know a lot of times, I've even said here, what's another word for bless? And a lot of times, and it is true, happy. You know, you look at the Beatitudes and Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount. But here, this, this word bless actually deals with kneeling before another. And as you kneel there, you kneel in adoration and you kneel there in praise. It's a call for the soul to adore God. It's a call for, uh, for a believer to praise God, to worship God. Why? Because He is worthy. You know, you think about, and I love Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie, you know, I mean, what's not to love, right? But I'm going to tell you something, the Christian's life should be requesting for thanksgiving. Lord, stir up my soul. I want to get to the place. I want to get back to the place or stay at the place where every day of my life I'm in tune with you, I'm close to you, that there's not a drought of praise in my life. And that's what David is saying here. You know, I think tonight, as, as we think about this coming week and, of course, the season we're heading into I think all of us, like David here, is his request. I think we would do well to stir up our own souls. Say, God, ignite that fire in me. Stoke the fire. Help my soul to praise God the way that I should. That's the request that he's making tonight. But understand, look, at, I can stand here as your pastor and I can encourage you, but David is making the request to himself. He says, he says, oh, my soul, God, do a work in my heart. That has, this is something between you and God. That's the request. But notice, secondly, the requirement of thanksgiving. Now, go to verse number two. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I walked into the store today and I went in to get a couple cases of water, and as I walked in, <clears throat> you know, they, they have out, of course, you know, we're, we're really just weeks away from Christmas, and just about the end of every aisle, and out in the aisles, they have all kinds of things, because they're just trying to, you know, people walk by, oh, look at that, you know, things you didn't even think you were going to go, and I was walking by, and I saw this thing, and it's, it, it actually says on it, do you ever forget your keys? It says they're right on the packaging, and it's some kind of thing that you put on your keychain so that you can find your keys when you lose them. 
You know, a lot of times we forget things, don't we? You know, we, we forget where our keys were. If you're like me, listen, I'm getting older. Sometimes I get out of the car and I don't even think about it. I just get out of the car and I just unconsciously go into a place and I come out and I'm like, where did I park my car? You know, sometimes I take my keys and I'm walking through the parking lot, you know, honking my horn, trying to figure out where I'm at. If I go make a hospital call, I always look at the parking garage, what color, what animals on the thing, what level I'm on, because I don't want to wander around for a couple hours. It's easy to forget things, but you know, even as Christians, we get to the place where we forget the benefits of God. We start focusing on all the bad things in our lives. David here wants his soul. As a matter of fact, he's warning his soul. <laughs> he says of the dangers of forgetting God's benefits in his life. The word benefits, a word that would go along with that really carries the same meaning is the benefits of the Lord are the way God has dealt with us. Now, if you're, how many of you are saved tonight? So if your hand's up, then you're testifying the fact that you're a child of God. So if you're a child of God, he's your father, you're his child. And so God deals with us, aren't you glad? Look, even when we disobey God, God deals with us as sons. Now again, I don't, I've said this before, I don't enjoy the whoopings of God, but I know this, that when God chastises me, he does it because I am his son. But see, here David's talking about, look, you need to think about all the ways, and we're going to look at them here in just a minute, all the ways that God has dealt with us, how he has benefited us. But the word forget, look at that word there. It, it, it really is what it says here. It's a lapse of memory that can cause us to wander. He says, don't, don't wander, don't forget about all, all that God has done. See, when we forget what we have in Jesus... And when we forget who we are in Jesus, there's the danger that we might wander away from him. When I was a kid, my dad, my mom did it sometimes, but my dad used to do it all the time. My dad would always, we'd go into a store, and my dad would always say the same thing. Son, stay with me. Well, you know, I'm like any other kid. You see something on a shelf, and I stopped to start looking at it. Well, my dad didn't stop to look at it. He kept walking. He was on a mission. And he didn't know it, but I stopped. He went down, went into a, went down around the corner, went to another aisle. He turns around, and I'm not there. I looked up, and he's not there. You know, I'm a little bitty kid. I, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm lost in the store. And before long, I mean, my little lip is quivering, you know. I mean, you know, I haven't always been this big, tough guy. And, and that's what he's saying here is, is when we get to the place where we forget who we are in Christ, what he's done for us, David says there's a real danger here that we might wander away from him. But you know what praising will do? Praising God keeps us tender. Praising God keeps us close to him. Because we're thinking about all that. Listen, why would I want to get away from the one that has blessed my life the way he has? You know, 
I want to stay, I want to, you know, the old adage, I want to be under the spout when the glory comes out, you know. I want to bring my bucket and get what God has for me. If he's been so good, why leave him? Listen, I've never met somebody that's got away from the Lord, that's out of church, if we want to put it that way, that's a happy person. They will tell you, they've told me, they'll say the best days of my life was when I was close to God in church. And you know what I always say to them? Why don't you come back? Why don't you get back to those places? And, and David says, look, there's a real danger here. But see, thankfulness is not an option. When you look at the Bible, thankfulness is a command. The Bible tells us, God commands us, Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks how often? Always. Always. For how many things? All things. Unto God and the Father, look at this, and do it in the name of who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. He says here, look, the, the requirement of th for thanksgiving is this. You need to make sure that you don't forget who you are in Christ and what Jesus has done for you. Because there's a real danger when you forget that. And he says here, look, he says, I, in, my, in my soul, he says, I, I want to get back to where I'm praising God. I'm blessing the Lord. And he says, I want to remember all that God has done for me. But then look at thirdly tonight, and I, I'll, I'll get you to help me a little bit here tonight, a little participation. Notice thirdly, the reasons for Thanksgiving. And he, he lays them out right here. And, and we'll take a look at some of them tonight. David identifies, and these are spiritual reasons and I think every one of these reasons that David gives, remember, this is God's word. So every one of these spiritual reasons, when you think about this, they should stimulate our hearts to offer God praise, to offer God thanksgiving. So when we look at these, look, it ought to help us understand as a Christian, we're, we're not just talking about offering praise and thanksgiving to God in November, and although that's good and well, but God says every day of your life as a Christian, you ought to offer God praise and thanksgiving. So look at these eight ways, all right? Look at the first thing David was thankful for. He was thankful for God's forgiveness. Look, look in your Bible there if you have Psalm 103 out. Look at verse number three, first part of it. He says this, talking about God, who forgiveth how much of our iniquities? All. He says he forgives all. All of our God, God says, look, I will forgive you of all your sin. God doesn't hold things against us. And that's why David's thankful for God. You know, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to husbands and wives, and I'm not going to say which one is worse than the other. You know, we say we forgive one another. But then when something happens 15 years later. But do you remember what you did? Well, yeah, but honestly, I had forgot about it till you brought it up again. But see, God remembers our sin no more. Far as the east is from the west. The east never meets the west. You, you're going east, you're going to keep going east. And so notice here, he, he, David says, look, I am so thankful for God because he forgives me. God has forgiven me. Uh, let's see here tonight, and I'm just going to ask maybe some of you guys, the, the verses are right there. Somebody raise your hand, uh, read 1 John 1, 7. Anybody, come on. There you go, 1 John 1, 7. He 
The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from how much sin? All sin. Uh, somebody read Colossians 2 right there. Brother Robert. Oh, those are some great verses, Brother Flynn. You think about that. I think about what, what Martin Luther did when he went to the church doors in Wittenberg, Germany, and he nailed his 95 thesis, his grievances against the Catholic Church. He nailed them. That was symbolic. And the Bible says that's what Jesus did with our sins. He nailed them to the cross. Every sin that we would ever commit, past, present, or future. The Bible says there, as Robert read, he says, he says he has forgiven us all trespasses. I love this word, blotting out. You know what that means? That if God had one of those fountain pens, it broke and the ink went everywhere and you couldn't see it. God says, what sin are you talking about? That's what it says right here. Look, are you glad tonight that God has forgiven you? You ought to be. That's one of the great blessings of God. That's one of his benefits is that God gives us forgiveness. David was thankful for that. But notice, secondly, he was also thankful for God's healing. Well, he, we took prayer requests tonight. People that are going through things. And David says, boy, I am so glad. How many of you think God healed David in his life? Yeah, there were a lot of things David went through. Some of you can attest to the fact of God's healing in your life. It may not necessarily be physical healing. Maybe it be emotional. Maybe it be spiritual. Look, God has healed me in my life. And look, I think David understands it here, how God can heal us. Look in verse 3 again. Look what it says here. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. There's not anything in your life, whatever you're going through, that God can't heal. And when I look at that, uh, somebody read Exodus 15, 26. Anybody? Brother Roman? I am the Lord that healeth thee. Brother, Brother Guslick, can you read Isaiah 53, 5? With his stripes, what he went through, we are healed because of him. You know what he is? The Bible tells us. He's the great physician. In the Old Testament, I love, I love the names of God in the Old Testament. He's Jehovah Rapha. You know, he's the God who healeth. And God can heal us of our disease. God can make us whole again. I love that. When you think about what David's saying here, he says, look, I want to tell you something. 
This is one of the reasons why I, I love God, because he says, I'm so thankful he's forgiven me, and I'm thankful that he's healed me. But notice thirdly, he says, I'm thankful because of God's redemption. Look at verse number four, same psalm in verse number four, the beginning of it, who redeemeth thy life from what? From destruction. He redeemeth us from destruction. Uh, Brother Flynn, you, can you read uh, Revelation 5, 9 there? Brother Carl, if you want to read when he's done 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. Revelation 5, 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's redeemed us to God by thy blood. Brother Carl? 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. Yeah, so in other words, in Christ, guess what? We stand redeemed. We've been bought with a price, right? And we can glorify God. Why? Because he has shed his blood to redeem us, to buy us back. We who are lost in sin. David says, look, I am so thankful for so many benefits. And some of the reasons I'm thankful for God is because of his forgiveness and because of his healing in my life and because of redemption. But notice, fourthly, he was thankful for God's grace. Look in verse number four again, look what he says, who, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, you, you think about, again, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God, and he uses the word here, crowneth. Now, everybody kind of has an idea of a crown, right? And, and when you think about a crown on someone's head, you think of something precious, oftentimes jewels. And in, in other words, what he's saying here is that God is, because of his grace, he is adorning us with his best. He says he crowneth us. What does he mention here? Loving kindness and mercy. Uh, Caitlin, can you read uh, Psalm 63, 3 there? Yeah, he's, David, David and, and others here, of course, uh, Psalm 63, hey, the Lord's loving kindness is better than anything else I can think of in my life. Uh, Wally, read Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23 there. How many of you are glad for the mercy of God? And the Bible says they're new. You don't have to worry about using yesterday's mercy. God has a new batch for you today. He has a new batch for you tomorrow. And David says, listen, I am so thankful for God's grace. And God has been so good to us. And David says, listen, I have so much to be thankful for to God. Notice letter E here. He was thankful for God's peace. 
Look at verse number 5 in the psalm. He says, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. When I think about this, David's talking here about the peace of God in his life, that because of God's peace, David had been given a spiritual satisfaction. In other words, that God's grace was sufficient, yes, but the peace that God gave to him gave him the strength to make the journey. And in our lives, we need the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Sometimes when we don't get it, we don't understand. We just know God loves us, and God's not going to do anything to hurt his children. And all that David went through in his life, David had the peace of God. Uh, Isaiah 41.10, who's, uh, Brother Miguel, can you read that one? Isaiah 41.10. How, how many of you, just look at the verse, how many of you have peace just seeing the words, I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, I, we're talking about God, God says, I'll help thee, I will uphold thee with my hand, hey listen, that brings great peace to me because I make such a mess out of my life. But boy, it sure gives me peace knowing that God is in control of my life. Colossians 1.11. Chelsea, you want to read that verse? Colossians 1.11. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just looking at those words and understanding how David and how we should be the same way. So thankful for God's peace. Notice letter F. We, David was thankful uh, with another benefit, God's intercession in his life. Look at verse number six of Psalm 103. The Lord executed the righteousness, and, and the Bible says, in judgment for all that are oppressed. I love Romans 8, 34. Look at, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh what? Intercession for us. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ, the righteous, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession for us. And look, at, as we think about this, what is he doing? He is pleading our cause. He's pleading our case. Uh, Abby, read Hebrews 7.25 there, would you? Yeah. Hey, look, Jesus Christ is alive today. Is that true? Amen. Yeah. And, and the Bible says he ever liveth. What is one of his main things that he's doing today? Now, he did say, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. But the Bible says here that he ever liveth to make intercession for who? Us. David says, I'm so thankful for a God who, who is not some distant God that I can't know, but he is ever living to make intercession to my heavenly Father for me. David says, look, I have a lot to be thankful for. God's intercession, notice letter G. He was thankful for God's revelation. Look at verse number seven in Psalm 103. It says, he made known as, as God. He didn't have to do this. 
he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. In other words, when you talk about revelation, what are you talking about? You're talking about things that were previously unknown or are unknowable unless God shows them unto us. And the Bible says God showed things to Moses. God showed things unto the children of Israel. How many of you think that God has shown some things unto us, his church? You know, and when I look at the Bible, look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 1. I love these verses here. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, he spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So God says, look, I've used my prophets in the Old Testament. I gave them my word and they delivered the word. How many times do you read the the Old Testament prophets going, thus saith the Lord? Now, it was never popular. By the way, if I stand to preach the gospel in the day we live in, it's still not popular. It's never going to be popular. But see, I have a responsibility, and by the way, you do too. God may not have called you to be a preacher or a pastor, but God wants every one of his children to be a witness unto him. We're all ambassadors. See, God God revealed himself. There's other ways. Look, you hold one of the greatest revelations God's ever given. That's his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. Jesus was the living word. But God gave his spoken word, and we call it the Bible. We're privileged to hold the words of God. And God is revealed. Look, that's why it's important to read your Bible. Why? Because every time you read your Bible, who do you get to know better? God. See, you get, there's many ways God's revealed himself. And, and, and through these various ways that he's revealed himself, we can know him, we can fellowship with him. We can follow him. You know, I love the fact God could have chosen any way to save this world. But he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his best. He's revealed himself to us. John 1.14, look at it. And the word was made flesh, the incarnation. We're getting ready to celebrate that at Christmas. Jesus was born of a virgin, conceived of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the glory only begotten of the Father. And he, unlike all of us, was full of grace and truth. David says, boy, I have a lot to be thankful for. Are you starting to get the same idea? We have a lot to be thankful for. But look at one more that he gives here in verse 19. He says, I'm also thankful for God's sovereignty, the sovereignty of God. Verse 19, he says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. David looks at, he, David thinks to himself, he says, you know, I just know one thing. He says, God is in control of my life. God's in control of this world. Folks, honestly. It's so easy to get distracted. You know, this happened with the impeachment hearing. Chick-fil-A just did this. You know, it's so easy 
to get distracted. Folks, listen, no matter what is going on in this world, the Bible says by him all things consist. God, if God took his hand off of this world, it would spin out of control. Everything is under his control. You look at a couple verses here, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Look what Job said. Job says, he knoweth, God knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You see, when I think about the sovereignty of God, you know why, why I can rest You know why I can lay my head on my pillow at night? Because it doesn't matter who's in the White House. The only thing that matters is who's on the throne. See, God's in control. David says, I have a lot to be. He He said to himself, don't forget all of God's benefits. Now, when you come to the end of the chapter, David closes this psalm out this song of thanksgiving. And and what's interesting, look at it, read read along with me, verse 20 through the end of the chapter here, these three verses, look at it. Bless the Lord, ye his what? That excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word, bless ye the Lord, all ye his what? Host, ye what? Ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his what? Works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So when when David closes out this song of thanksgiving, he literally is calling on all of creation here to join him in offering praise to God, in offering glory to God, in adoration to God. Why? Because he deserves it. He is worthy of our praise. Look, we, I, could take, I could take week after week till on into the next year. I am just scratching the surface tonight of all the blessings. I, I just wrote down some things that I thought of, I, things that I... I think are blessings of my life, my family, my church, my Bible. Sometimes we think about maybe some blessings that God has given to us, maybe, maybe even material things. How about this? Our health, the food that we eat, the air that you breathe, the home that you have, the water that you drink the clothes that we wear, the friends that we have. Folks, I could go on and on. The blessings of God, the benefits of God, they're, they're enormous. They're too much for us really to take in. And, and the question tonight is, is our thanksgiving and is our praise in direct proportion to our blessings? If God's given us all these benefits... Does our praise and adoration for God, does it equal that? I think I would honestly, before you tonight, have to say mine doesn't. I don't praise God as much as I should. I don't bless the Lord. It's easy to sit around and grumble, complain about life's just dealt us a bad card. 
but I think that if God has been that good, there ought to be the same proportion in our lives. Remember, we may be the only Bible, the only Christian that some people will ever know that they will ever read. We need to reflect how good God has been, how thankful we are. You see, I think this would be a great time for us, like David did, as God's people, that, that we, we too would stir our own hearts, our inner man, that we would call on our soul to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. It's a great time to take spiritual inventory in our lives and to thank God for everything that He has done for us. I don't know if you ever look at it. I, I, I give the, the sign sayings to Brother Greg, and Brother Greg puts them up. And after he puts them up, Miss Janeth usually corrects his spelling, and then he changes them. <laughs> He's getting better. But the sign that he put up, and it was probably dark when you came in. Of course, it's lit up. Here's what it says. Thanksgiving is not a day. It's a lifestyle. It's not a meal, it's not a holiday. For the Christian, it's a lifestyle. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Let's live our lives every day just saying, I am so thankful for God's, and you fill in the blank. Because I guarantee you, all that God has done for us far outweighs anything we face in life. I'll tell you what, it's a Wednesday night, and I know we're tired. I know it's been maybe a rough week. But when I look at a psalm like this, it really is a mountaintop. It's one for me to go, that one's towering over many of the other places. And it helps me. It encourages me to say, you know what, I just need to thank God for all that he's done. I hope you're thankful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being such a wonderful father for all your benefits. Lord, we, I didn't even do justice tonight to all the things you've done to us and for us, but just staying in the context of this, this psalm tonight that you allowed David to pen. David listed eight spiritual benefits, reasons why we should be thankful. Lord, help us to never forget not only these, but many other things that you've done for us. Help us to be a thankful people in Jesus' name.